Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, folks. I would like to introduce myself. My name is Payal. And I am a traveler who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my Melting Pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hi, so welcome back to another weekly episode of Melting Pot. As you know, my listeners and my viewers know, it, it's a series of very fascinating conversations with some extremely inspiring people and they come from all over the globe. My guest today is very multifaceted, talented, highly acclaimed actor, director, producer, Rahul Vora. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rahul. Thank you. Thank you, Bailey. Lovely to invite me uh, onto this melting pot. I know. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while now. So, Rahul, let's begin with, I, I'm not sure whether I should begin with your love affair with French or how you got into theatre. So maybe, you know, I'd like to ask theatre and cinema. So I'd like to ask both the questions and I leave it to you to sort of begin with whichever one you'd like to answer first. Well, friend of ours, very, very senior friend of ours who just passed away a few, few, less than two weeks ago, Jean-Claude Carrier, a fantastic writer, actor, director, and of course, very, very acclaimed author, used to say with Peter Brook that, the best place to start is at the beginning. <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's start at the beginning. Okay, yeah. let's start from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew, uh, you know, I, I'm, this, I'm a, a 4G brat, a son of, a, son of an Air Force officer, fighter pilot. And um, of course, like every fighter pilot son, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. I would still fly if I could. You know, if, I, if somebody puts me in an Air Force film, I would immediately jump at it. <laughs> With the sole condition that I get to fly in a fighter plane. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so at the age of six, I knew I was going to be an actor. I was in a fancy dress competition and um, I won that competition in one of the air bases. And I was on stage with the mic in my hand and I said, man, this is my life. So right. I always knew I was going to be an actor. So, so yeah, so I knew at the age of six that I was going to be an actor. And, and um, I always worked towards that how there was, there was a series of coincidences, various things happened. And, and then I didn't get into professional theater until, until my second year in college, approximately. 
Okay. And this is very inspiring for all the young people out there because I failed in my second year in college. <laughs> okay. I was doing so economics honors, if you please. Was it because you were not interested? Or was it because you were just too focused on other things? What is the reason why you failed? Are you just? We were forty-two people in our class. All forty-two failed. Oh my God! Okay. Because this was this was nineteen eighty-four, and uh, just before that, nineteen eighty-three onwards, there was a Duta Delhi University Teachers Association strike. Right. Right. And it went on for almost a hundred and eight days. Wow. Hundred and eight working days. Wow. Led by our professor, so we never had any classes even on the slide, which all the other students did in other colleges. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so our teacher was leading the agitation, so we never sort of got to study. And uh, in economics honors, if you don't study, then you know you you just sort of you have a problem. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. And so we had to repeat a year. So. of course all the usual things happened you know the 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 pocket money got slashed and restrictions got placed on you and you know various <laughs> things and so so i i wondered what to do for that year and then i said let me my i had two uncles living in germany in in austria sorry and i said okay you know what i'm going to learn some german and i went to max muller bavan in delhi and i said i'd like to learn german so please enroll me and they said completely full up so come back next semester So I ran to the Allianz, saying, "Okay, let's learn French instead." Because I used to, I used to pick up these books, and I was always fond of reading since since I was a kid. So I, I I used to read a few books in French and just general, you know, yeah, yeah. inform myself a little bit of Spanish, a little bit of German, just trying to get a few words. Right. And so I ran to the Allianz, and they said, uh, "Yeah, we have a we have one place left, but you have to pay the fees by this evening." And the fee was I can't remember now. quite a substantial amount because colleges and you know universities in india were pretty much very highly subsidized still are so i ran to my dad and i said please give me the money i want to enroll in french so he says okay if it's anything to do with studies i'll give you the money <laughs> so so he gave me the money i enrolled there and they said look uh, we have a scheme over here if you stand first in your semester the next semester is free so that was the incentive so i did five free semesters <laughs> wow <laughs> and which meant that by the time i graduated in economics honors i had a graduation in french right but the most life changing and earth shattering event that happened during those days was that i read a little notice into the second or third week of my being in the alliance which said that we are forming a new theater group if you're interested please come and join us and i went in there and we formed a group called chingari and the rest is all history so chingari has today very illustrious names in bollywood very very illustrious names directors actors everybody some very illustrious names as well and um, and we formed a theater group and everyone was a french speaker and french either a french professor or a french speaker because we were in the alliance all of us yeah correct correct yeah so we just so carried on all the theater all the plays that you and your productions were all in french or were they are in english english hindi and french in uh, okay. Like we primarily broke off from the alliance because they the alliance insisted insisted that we do only french plays french. by french authors yeah. in french or in english or in hindi but french authors and we said we can't restrict ourselves to only french authors even though they are brilliant some of them yeah and so we formed our own theater group and uh, we performed girish karnad in french we performed ionesco in hindi we we performed godo in 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 english so various things you know wow uh, <laughs> mixer of many languages so we've always polyglots and that's how the love affair continued a little later one of the madhavan the guy who who started the group with us he was a professor at jnu 
And he says, why don't you give the entrance exam at JNU for an MA? So I said, look, and I'd, I'd already started working with traditional artists. That's, I'm going to come to that later. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that as well. Yeah, yeah. So this was 1984. We did our first play. Uh, remember, we were rehearsing and finishing when uh, on the 31st of October, 1984. And we were rehearsing in a place called IIT in Delhi, in the swimming pool. And 31st October can get pretty cold as well uh, in Delhi. Right. We were in the swimming pool changing area because... None, no theatre group had spaces to rehearse. So we had to just improvise where we could rehearse. And we only got to the theatre maybe a day or two before the performances, you know. So we had a friend come in and say, nobody's going home. He used to be a professor at IIT. Nobody's going home. You're all coming to stay in my house. Indira Gandhi's been shot dead and there are riots outside. So we stayed for 20 days together. So apart from being very close friends, we became family and we still are family today. All our friends, so, you know, we're like that in our theatre group. And then we, had, we went through that tumultuous period together. We used, to, we used to rehearse till one or two in the morning, then walk till six in the morning, patrol the streets in crowds to ensure that nobody else comes in. You know, uh, we used to call them Prabhat fairies or little peace walks, which we used to do. And then, yeah, and then one would go to one's own space and college or something and come back and rehearse again. So that, uh, that we, we did a lot of shows with that. And then I, I was asked to apply for the entrance exam of JNU. As luck would have it, I think, they were being very lenient, so they took me in. I, I got selected there. So I started doing a, an MA in French translation until oh. a very young professor there who was 24 years old and graduate from Oxford, doctorate from Oxford in literature, turns around and tells us, any of you guys interested in cinema, why don't we just do cinema instead of translation? So I said, fantastic idea, let's do cinema. <laughs> so we went through two years of absolute exquisite cinema. Wow. So this guy was French, this professor? He was, he was a French professor who had, who had been deputed to JNU. And uh, Alexis Tadier is a very, very lovely guy. And um, he, he just sort of, you know, went to the French embassy. And in those days, we still had the spools and films and all. So he got a projector and organized for us and took us through two years of a film appreciation course of cinema, of French, French cinema. Fantastic. So wow. I did French cinema and translation in Miami. You know? Wow. And uh, yeah, then, then I did a show with the National School of Theatre in, in, in Strasbourg because the French Embassy asked me to go there and to celebrate the, the bicentenary celebrations of the revolution in 1989, you know, so from 1789 to 1989. yeah. Again, a very tumultuous year because that's when the Berlin Wall came down and we ran off over there without visas to Germany, you know, yeah. So yeah. to try and get a piece of the wall. Never got it. There were so many, so many people in front. Then came back. You were actually, you were actually present in these two very, very significant events. I mean, that's quite incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, quite a learning from quite a learning from it as well, and so so different from each other, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Fascinating. I mean, we are still fighting India, Pakistan, Hindu, Muslim, yeah. in India, and everything. You know, I mean, can you imagine East and West Germany united? Yeah. And then Germany and France united, I mean, became, became one uh, as yeah. an entity, yeah. Uh, yeah. the European entity. Yeah. You know, so, so, so that's what Berlin led to Maastricht, which led to Schengen, which led to Europe. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And which has now led to Brexit by some, some people. So yeah, that's, <laughs> no, that's a whole new because I am actually British. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, and that's a whole new. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not go there at all. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So then, and then you ended up in France. Is it started living in France? No, no, no. I came back. I, I lived okay. there for that eight, those eight nine months in in Strasbourg, 
and then did the show. The show premiered in India and then was performed there as well. But because I was at the National Theatre, I had a chance to watch and to see so many exquisite shows. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I was there present at the at the Republic Day Parade, the, the 14th July Parade in Paris, sitting in the presidential box because a friend of mine who's a fantastic designer right. got me in there. So I watched the, the Bicentenary Parade in the presidential box. Wow, incredible experience that must have been. And then yeah. went for a glass of wine, a glass of champagne to Mitterrand's lawns in the Elysee. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> I've, done, I've been, you know, done a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Interesting things. And very, uh, what's interesting is that they're also, they're somehow connected because of theatre, cinema, but at the same time, the experiences are so diverse and so international, which is what is quite interesting. Yeah. Very diverse, and, and I, in, in fact, when people ask me how do you speak such good French, I say I've had very good teachers, you know. So uh, I've had fantastic teachers. I've had the most exquisite professors and teachers in in all walks of life, whether it be theatre, be it cinema, be it language, literature, the arts, uh, performing arts, just performances, everything. You know, it's it's been. I've had the. I've had a. I've had a very blessed life to to have learned with all these people. So why did you not stay back in France? Oh, I was an Indian. I always wanted to live in India. Uh, I always wanted to come and work back in India. Okay, okay. So I, I, yeah. I didn't stay back. I didn't stay back then because that was too. I was too young at that time. But I was working with, like I said, I was working with traditional artists. We set up voluntary. Is that how apostrophe ninety nine happened? No, apostrophe ninety nine happened much later. Okay, okay. This was we had set up this in nineteen eighty seven. It was a body called Sarathi, Friends of Artists in Need. Okay. So we wanted to look into the basic needs of the artists to look into financial. Of course, that was one aspect of it, but the economic, the social, the judicial, the housing needs, the medical needs of artists to try and form them into cooperatives and look after them. So we are working with you know, with traditional performers, classical musicians. Classical performers, weavers, and artisans, and thereby. And so, was this? Uh, my God, that's a lot. But was this just one region, or you were you were kind of trying to have a footprint in the entire country? Okay, this was primarily in Delhi. Okay. But we worked with artists from all across the country, and this was meant to be a body that would be a sort of a beacon for all other bodies across the country. So we could negotiate with the government and everything, and. Uh, you know, try and bulldoze our way through to form paths for all the artists. Right. It's one of the reasons why I wear khadi. You know, because having worked with weavers, I couldn't be wearing a pair of jeans and a t-shirt and walking into the textile minister's office and saying, "I've come here to defend the rights of the weavers." <laughs> you know, never worked. So we started wearing khadi, long back, and um, and I, and it's also it's very comfortable because each thread has been through two human fingers. Yeah. It's hand woven, hand spun. Yeah. So, so it has a human warmth that no other cloth has, wow. and which I love. Which I love. I wear, I wear humanity with me. You know, it, it, the whole entire humanity travels with. Me. So I love that. And yeah. So then, so then we were working. So I wanted to come back to work, do my work over here with all the artists. Of course, I was handling more the performing arts because that was my forte. And yeah. and then the French embassy again got in touch with me, and then suddenly said we are doing a we are starting a fantastic course in Paris. It's going to be a doctorate in international cultural management with UNESCO. And with the Ministry of Culture and External Affairs, Education, and you know, sort of practically directly under the president, but with in conjunction with the UNESCO. And they said, "Why don't you apply? Because uh, we are taking 16 people from 16 countries to work together." So we said, "Okay." So I applied, and again, I, I think they were being very lenient, or they wanted an Indian or something, so they took me in. And uh, 
my 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 application got selected and i spent a year with with 16 15 of the most exquisite people most diverse people i've ever met in my life so they wanted to bring all the cultural industry vocations together the industry of culture so there were there were there was a girl who was a journalist there was a, there were two three people from the ministries of culture of night of pagan european country or no no african country african country okay so east african you know west african countries and and then there were people from greece there were people from venezuela there were people from chile uh, you know an art director from i mean an art festival director from moscow the conductor of the sofia national orchestra so they were like you know we were all a mixed bunch of motley bunch of people yeah and all we did for one year was to study how french industry of culture worked so we went to museums we went to ballets we went to see theaters art exhibitions we went to the biennale in venice we went to visit the south bank in london uh, that was just coming up at that time you know and then ended up with a with a degree in international cultural management <laughs> <laughs> from someone who actually failed <laughs> that's exactly what i'm trying to get to you know? and with glowing with glowing grades you know yeah, wow so it's all about attitude it's I all think, about attitude. yeah yeah i don't think economics was my forte it still isn't i'm still very bad with money so yeah. please, don't, please don't exploit me for that <laughs> <laughs> luckily i'm a strong agent so so she looks after everything so <laughs> but but yeah but i'm very bad with money and uh, it just goes ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner 3 days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt free dream come true baby it's me gigi palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. So show that if you if you persevere in what you like, and which is why i always encourage anybody somebody says you know the little kids who say you know but i i like to make just things out of these straw things that i've picked up from the streets so i said please make because who knows tomorrow you'll be tomorrow today's uh, our andy warhol or something you know yeah so uh, you should always encourage i think all the children should be encouraged in whatever they do if somebody likes to just play games they should just play games because you could be inventing the biggest games of the country of the world yeah yeah so i think it's all about aptitude yeah and that's how so So I started at the beginning. I reached somewhere here, and then, and of course, one thing led to another, and, and and so my my love with my association with France and the love for the French never went away. Still stays there. Excellent! Wow. So then, I think you've also been a part of some French films. Quite a few, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there, there's a film which um, I was reading about. I think it was called Un Plus Une. Okay, you know, I wanted to also mention about your um, the award that you won in France, and then I said no, I'm going to make a complete fool of myself 
in the way I pronounce it. So I'm going to leave it to you to actually mention the award. So, you know, I mean, it must have been quite humbling for you to have received such a prestigious award. And in a country which is not yours. You know, and I think that's absolute credit to you for having kind of achieved that. Well, uh, yeah, I think it, it was, it was a, it, you're right. It's very, very humbling because it's only when you receive a major award that you realize how little you are, how small you are. It's not about becoming bigger. It's about becoming, you know, just being part of the whole. So, yes, I was really honored. It's called, it's called the Chevalier des Arts et des Lettres, which means uh, it's a Knight of the Order of the Arts and Letters. It's a very prestigious award in France and uh, not given out to too many foreigners. But uh, I think you name some of the biggest personalities of the world, they've got it. So I'm very honored to be in their company and humbled to be in their company. But it, it came as a very, very, very pleasant surprise. And uh, yes, it's a, it's a fantastic honor. I, not too many Indians have it, but uh, quite a few do. I wouldn't name them because they're very big names. <laughs> so so uh, no, we're not, it's not about them. It's about you. Yeah, the conversation's about you. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was it was uh, for for significant contribution to cinema and theatre. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe. With me, Pio, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. Of the kind of work we did between the two, between uh, India and France, right? In terms of theatre, in terms of uh, I've, I've done, like I said. Uh, what I didn't mention before was that when I was working with those artists, the traditional artists, I also used to conceive of and direct shows, performing performances, which, which sort of utilizing the the millennial and the traditional skills of all the artists okay. in a very contemporary format to try and create shows which sort of were exciting. So I, I've worked with jugglers, magicians, uh, acrobats, uh, classical musicians, impersonators, masters of disguise, shadow puppeteers, puppeteers, various things, you know. So just put together and, and shows which are for every uh, public. So I had people from the ages of one year to 90 watching my shows. They could all sit together and watch a show. And I love doing that. I love doing shows which are sort of across the board for everybody. And also some of the arts that we've mentioned are um, not as popular as they used to be, right? They're not as popular. They're all dying out. It's dying, yeah. So, I mean, for you to keep it revived and continue to have these artists, you know, have their livelihood, I think that's quite quite an important thing to be actually involved in and they must really appreciate that a lot they do but it's not about appreciation it's about how much we can contribute you know it's 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 about i don't care about the appreciation whether they give it or don't give it some do some don't but it's fine you know what is important is that this is india's culture these are the repositories of our culture this is what we bandy about all over the world and say you know our culture the turbaned man the puppeteer the classical musician the dancer, you know, but who looks after them over here? So it's very exotic for, you know, for the rest of the world, but the actual artists are not really being looked after is what you're saying, right? So if the artist doesn't survive, how will the art survive? Yeah. And we can't lose all our arts and just become McDonald's all across the globe. You know, we we can't be a hamburger. Yeah. We have to have our own cuisine. We have to have our yeah. own tastes and, and flavors and aromas and spices and, you know, uh, cooking and everything. So yeah. that's how the artists are what make up this country. And 
I mean, Oscar Wilde once said very famously that a nation that doesn't consider it and the artist to be a special person is a nation in jeopardy because that's where our that's where our culture lies. It it lies there, and it's a pity because you know I I, I I've taken I've worked with them across the globe. People are flummoxed at the kind of I'm sorry I was trying to think in French. <laughs> <laughs> kind uh, the 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 accomplishments of of these artists you know in despite all odds it's absolutely stunning i mean an acrobat girl living in a slum in delhi knows the 108 kiranas or the 108 positions of bharatanatyam which are etched in the wall in in the temple of tanjore she knows those positions she knows why those positions she knows breath control because she puts a blade over here like this and bends an iron rod into two a sharp blade which cuts she knows all about the body she can't read or write so, so yeah where does this knowledge come from yeah 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 it's passed down a man who's 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 a puppeteer in 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 a rajasthani puppeteer you got 10 fingers he's got a puppet which has 16 strings how does he do it yeah so i mean the skills are absolutely stunning there are musicians i know in in rajasthan manganyars if you sit with them today a month later they will still be singing and they wouldn't have repeated a song wow that's amazing that is true to be so close to your art and that's just amazing you yeah. just live your art you just live yeah. your own life you know yeah. that's it yeah. so like i said i've had i've had fantastic teachers i've worked with the most exquisite of, of performing art uh, artists be they uh, whether they be um, uh, traditional arts or or folk artists or classical artists or musicians i've worked with some of the best not some of the best the best in, in across the globe across the globe because i've had our festivals took us to various places uh, you know the shows that i'm talking about went to various festivals in 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 spain in france in hong kong and uh, and there we met many other people from other countries so from reunion mauritius madagascar brazil china i mean name it i've worked with traditional artists all over and and once once you work with with artists you sort of recognized anywhere in the world so you just yeah. Yeah. Just know you yeah. without even talking. <laughs> yeah, that's so incredible. So then how did apostrophe 99 happen? Oh, it came up like this so when uh, in in after a few years in Sarthi I used to be a voluntary worker. I never took a salary there because when we set up the voluntary body we said we're not going to take salaries. So I used to earn my living producing French television shows or something or something you know or, right. or acting or something and and come back and contribute and work over here so after a point we had serious differences with the board with the way it was functioning and i didn't think that we were adhering to the original ideals that we had set ourselves out you know together so i left that and i formed my own company and i i didn't want to form an ngo or anything so i formed a, a small uh, company and which is a profit making company but a lot of the profits were rehashed and recycled back into new productions and So then, what what was the basis of apostrophe ninety nine? What is it that you wanted to do through that company? Well, produce films, produce uh, theatrical performances, uh, create stuff, uh, you know, do niche events, everything, everything. We just okay. do uh, anything related to limitless, basically limitless. Yeah, the performing space. Yeah, in the performing yeah. space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't catch me selling computers through it. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I I would have been a, a seriously surprised if that were to happen. So 
<laughs> but anything related to the performing and the art space yes i mean we could we could host an exhibition or we could you know it's just just a it's just a pathway it's not even a company Okay, so yeah, so then that's really something that is there to stay. And in the meanwhile, you are involved in different theater and cinema. Now, of course, the OTT platform has just become yeah. a very big stage for a lot of actors to, you know, to show their craft and their talent. And there is opportunity for them as well, right? there is fantastic opportunity i think you know we some of us have been saying this for a long time that that content is king if you have the right content you will find the audiences unfortunately we have a very differently driven industry of uh, bollywood and cinema and all that in india it's more driven on the economics the star value the star power the publicity everything it has its space it has its own space why not i'm not criticizing it i'm saying that only that aspect sort of has been you know chased by the, by all the people all all we uh, we audiences producers directors actors whatever everybody wants to be a star you know there's nothing else nobody wants to be an actor and suddenly with the, with the ott platforms what has what has come out is that people the the audiences themselves are realizing they want to watch things which are of quality which hold them yeah if they want to watch uh, you know 16 cars blowing up uh, with with one kick they can go to a cinema to watch it you know? yeah Yeah. not 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 on their not inside their bedrooms in in their beds you know snuggled in and tucked in quietly and watching a nice thing on their tv yeah that, that they want something which is more substantial more gripping and that's why yes you're absolutely right there's a lot of opportunity for for good actors and and for actors a lot of opportunity a lot of opportunity for good storytelling and- so do, yeah so, so do you think talent versus training is it normally a combination of both or if you're just talented naturally talented and have no training you would still be able to not to be able to show your um, craft or do you need a combination of both of talent and training see firstly uh, i always believe that an actor like a musician uh, is born you know so your talent has to be innate it, it is you have to have that talent yes you can hone it you can hone your craft you know through ta- through training so like all of us did you know we went through voice exercises body gait stance you know there's there's so many things that we we work at as actors uh, a musician would work at you know with various things so but unless the person is gifted as a musician he or she will never be anywhere uh, in the limelight so you have to have that innate talent first you can survive without training as well to get lucky why not many people do but without talent simple training will not take you anywhere hmm. i mean it could to a certain extent to a but to an extent yeah but i can't manufacture an actor you know if either you're an actor or you're not an actor yeah that's that's an interesting point yeah yeah i can fine tune a brilliant actor that we can do yeah you can fine tune a beautiful musician but you can't create a musician i mean by force of learning you know sare gama and all something or doremi fasola dida we could i suppose become a musician but it will never be a superlatively uh, interpretive uh, you know interpretive there'll, there'll be limitations there'll be i mean you'll get to a point and then nothing beyond that yeah nothing beyond that you know yeah 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 no so no any talent has to be there i mean i can't learn how to paint can i either i'm a painter or i'm not a painter i can, for the life of me i can't sketch anybody for the life of me <laughs> 
I can study plans, I can draw plans and everything. That's for sure. Yes. But I can't design, you know, I have to, I have to sit with a visualizer and say, okay, this is what I want, something like this. And then he puts it on and says, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm looking at, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but you can't, you can't teach me how to paint or draw. So, yeah, yeah, no, that makes, makes a lot of sense. And like for you, yourself, you said that from the age of six, you wanted to be an actor. And, uh, and then, you know, things just worked their way because that was the direction that you were meant to take. And then so many things happened as a result of it. And today um, you're so, you've been able to experience so many different things and so many aspects, different aspects of the performing arts, which must be so fulfilling for you. And, and I think that's, that's your journey. So what would you, you know, given your experience, what it, it would be interesting for you to just share some thoughts on, uh, because I have a lot of aspiring young talent who listen to my podcast, so to, to Melting Pot. So what, anything that you would like to share with them, which would make even the slightest difference to their way of thinking? So you're absolutely right. You know, I, uh, firstly, you put it out there and the universe will conspire. And I, I, I truly use the word conspire to ensure that you get it, you know. So, yes, you're right. Things just move for me also in that sense. I knew I was going to be an actor and then things just fell into place. You know, that's one. But the most important fact is there will be 99 failures and one success at the end of it. So you have to sit through those 99 failures. It's not about falling down, you know. It's about falling down and getting up again. That's what makes a brave man who gets up again. Every man falls, but you have to stick to your you believe, believe in yourselves, put it out there and just plod on. That's it. Yeah. And, and don't be scared to choose, choose the paths that, that are least, uh, you know, uh, less traveled upon. So. Because if you don't try, then you never know, right? You'll never know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. Wow. On that note, thank you so much, Rahul. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. And, you know, even for me, it's been a learning. And there are so many aspects of your life, which how much ever you may try and research on the internet, there's only that much information that is available. And when it comes straight from the person, I think it's just, it's wow. So <laughs> thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this, this chat. Thank you very much, Bayal, for having me and I'm really honoured, really touched by your invitation. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Chatting with Rahul was so much fun. His humility speaks volumes of the person he must be and his experiences of all the years in the performing arts realm have been so global and diverse. I so enjoyed listening to him. For more weekly conversations, do listen to Melting Pot on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Follow us on YouTube and on Instagram at Podcast Melting Pot. Until the next episode, this is Pyle signing off. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.